All right, welcome back to From Aid Arbitration. In today's episode, I'm going to take a little hiatus from Article 16. Uh, I'll get back to that on my next episode. I'll get into the CCA discipline like I was talking about uh, in the last episode. And I have just a few more episodes on Article 16. I've got uh, corrective rather than punitive. And then I'm going to go over Article 1731. And then I'm going to tie it all together, like I said before. From the time we get the discipline from a carrier, they hand it to us, all the way up to the meeting in Article 15. And that way new stewards, or if you've been doing it a little while, if you want a little refresh or whatever, uh, it should tie it all up together for you. I think it'll be a pretty neat and interesting episode. But today, I want to talk about something that has just been handed down from uh, federal courts. And it's a, an M document, and it's M01967. M01967. And it's from the United States District Court for the District of Columbia. And it's... Uh, it's one, of the, it's one of the more powerful things that we've been given as a union, and, and we're going to start using that when we're dealing with escalated remedies or, I hate the word punitive remedies, but they talk about punitive remedies in the court's decision, an escalated monetary award for noncompliance, and that's what this is dealing with. I'm going to talk about the history of it, about this M document, and and here's what we're going to do. Any case from here on out that we have dealing with an escalated monetary award, we're asking for an escalated monetary award, or as the courts call it, a punitive award. I hate that word because I, I feel like arbitrators run from that, but they talk about punitive awards or an incentive for future compliance or whatever, when we're talking about Article 8 violations, if management's been issued cease and desist over and over again, and so we're going to finally start asking for an escalated monetary award for compliance, or we're talking about opting. We have that a lot here in my installation where management just, they've been violating ops so much that we've now asked for an escalated monetary award. Anything like that, any any grievance where we're asking for an escalated monetary award, these two things are going to go in every single one. And I'm going to talk about that today. If you're on Facebook, if you're on whatever platform, put this on there. Put this on there and tell people that they're going to put these two things on there. I've seen this M document talked a lot about a little bit. And and it's the this is the it. This is the final decision we don't put in documents out if there's further litigation coming so if somebody's saying they may take this and appeal this it's already been appealed they had an opportunity to appeal this decision the postal service did and they did not do so so this is it that's why it has an m doc that's why it's an m document because it's reached the end of the line so this is there's no chance for this to come back and be overturned i'm going to give the history of it on this episode now on down the line, future episodes. I'm going to I'm going to get into a lot of um, escalated monetary awards. I'm going to have a couple three episodes on that. There's a lot to it, and things that we're going to start doing better at. Uh, not that you're doing bad, but uh, just from my knowledge of things, uh, as far as what goes into that, how we're going to prove that, how we're going to 
to sell the arbitrator on it. Uh, I've dealt with this a lot, a whole lot. And um, so that's one of the things that I'm, I'm better versed on as far as the contract is escalated monetary awards in Article 15, noncompliance. So uh, we'll have episodes on that where we will strengthen ourselves about our case files and all the way up to arbitration. But this has just come out, and I, and I want it in every single case file, every single grievance that we file dealing with noncompliance and an escalated monetary award, or as the courts call it, a punitive award. These two things go in there, okay? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a lot, but these things are substantial, and they're extremely important. This M document was just put out maybe a week or two ago, and the court's decision came down Monday, July 26, 2021. We had to wait to see if the Postal Service was going to appeal this. They had till the 27th of September, maybe, I think it was, to appeal it. They did not. So now it's an M document. So where this originated from was Kingsport, Tennessee. It's an arbitration that I did. Uh, in front of arbitrator Lawrence Roberts. And it was dealing with non-compliance. And, and here's the setting. Management shows up and they try to intimidate the arbitrator, uh, the head of the acting district labor manager came up and, and was the advocate for the postal service. Uh, they bring in an area specialist as the TA and they also have a court reporter. She's there typing. And, and I represented the union. The decision is, is C number, and I'll have this on my podcast title, C number 34197. C number 34197. It's arbitrator Lawrence Roberts, and his decision was August 30th, 2019. Okay. Now, why this is important and why this decision is going to go in every case file, every one, as well as the court's decision, because management came in and headquarters or the law department had written the opening statement for this advocate. And this opening statement was about 30 minutes long. The arbitrator puts the entire opening statement in the file. There's 10 pages, page 10, page 6 to 16 is management's entire opening. And they lay down every argument imaginable. Every argument you can think of telling the arbitrator that he's prohibited from giving an escalated monetary award or a punitive award. Everything that you can throw at us, they did in this opening statement. And, and I'll read a little bit to you. But like I said, when I get into escalated monetary awards, we'll get into this much more. It's the, it's the usual suspects as far as arguments, things that they always argue, and then some new things. Now they talk about National Arbitrator Mittenthal on the status quo ante. You'll always hear about that when we're talking about escalated monetary awards. They'll talk about National Arbitrator Mittenthal on the status quo ante, that you cannot penalize the Postal Service, and award the union 
anything above the status quo ante. So if, if say an Article 8 violation, if I'm due two hours, you can't award me three. The, the status quo ante would be to award me two hours. So they're saying that that pertains to escalated monetary awards. You can't do it because it takes us above the status quo ante. They always do that. I got a great site from Arbitrator Mayer, which talks about that. It discredits that. But they talked about that. Article 41, where we always say Article 41, they always come in. They say that has to do with opting. And we've got a bonehead arbitrator. She's not on our panel. She's the one I always talk about. She will buy everything that management says. Everything that management offers her, she buys it. So when they say Article 41, that only applies to opting. She'll say, it only applies to opting. That's stupid. What management is saying is there's nothing contractual that shows that an escalated monetary award is appropriate. Well, no, it is. It's in Article 41. It's talking about opting. But it, it's the example that we use where it's on page 4117. And it says, in circumstances where the violation is egregious or deliberate or after local management has received previous instructional resolutions on the same issue, and it appears that a cease and desist remedy is not sufficient to ensure future contract compliance. The parties may wish to consider a further appropriate comp compensatory remedy to the injured party to emphasize the commitment of the parties to contract compliance. So when management says there's nothing in the contract that says that they're allowed to have an escalated monetary award. Yes, there is on page 4117. It's right there. Management argued Article 41. Uh, there's so much. Um, and then they use the usual national arbitrator's decisions that they always throw in there in arbitration. It says, according to the employer's argument, National Arbitrator Menthol said it, talking about you can't award punitive remedies. National Arbitrator Byer said it. National Arbitrator Snow said it. National Arbitrator Aaron said it. And all these arbitrators agree, status quo ante must bring the employee and the employer back to where they would have been had it not been for the violation. So that's the usual suspects. They'll always bring these into arbitration and cite those. And, and here's the funny part. Now, they state this, management also advises this arbitrator that courts have vacated arbitrable decisions imposing punitive remedies or penalties for breaches of labor agreements where the collective bargaining agreements did not explicitly provide for punitive awards and the employer did not engage in wanton and willful misconduct. So they're telling the arbitrator right there what they're going to do if he rules against them. We're telling you, courts have overturned things when arbitrators have issued punitive awards. So they're telling the arbitrator, I think that's funny because this court agreed with the arbitrator. Then they state this, this is on page 14 of their decision. The award of punitive damages against the service is barred by the principles of sovereign immunity. As the employer advocate once again repetitively reasserts is because the costs are simply passed on to the rate payers. So he's saying, hey, you're hurting the customers if you do that. They go on to state, as referenced by the service in Bowen versus the Postal Service, the court set aside a jury verdict awarding the plaintiff punitive remedies against the union, holding that since sovereign immunity barred the employee's recovery of punitive damages against the employer, the Postal Service, for his wrongful discharge, it was not fair to impose a punitive damage against the union for its arbitrary and perfunctory handling of the plaintiff's meritorious grievance. 
So they're talking about sovereign immunity protects them from punitive awards, punitive damages. Okay. So get that decision. Again, it's C number 34197. 34197. It's out of Kingsport, Tennessee. Get that decision and, and read management's position. The arbitrator is very good in that he had put in the entire position. He knew that they were going to take this to court. So he put the entire position, management's entire opening, which is rare, the entire opening in, the, in his decision. And then he goes on to, he gives us everything that we asked for. I think it ended up being almost $300,000. So management attempts to vacate this decision in court. Okay. We get the arbitrator's decision. Management attempts to vacate this decision in court. And the judge rules in the union's favor. This is why these two things need to be in the case file. It's going to make it easier on the advocate if you do it, rather than him attempting to put this in in arbitration. So in informal step A, if you're dealing with escalated monetary awards, we're asking for awards uh, for an incentive for future compliance, as we say. Uh, say we have an Article 8 violation. We want the non-ODLs paid admin leave, the ODLs to be paid the time that the non-ODLs worked. And for future compliance, we're going to ask for $50 per carrier. That's what we're talking about. And I'll talk about some cases down in Lake Charles. You won't believe it. You won't believe the amount of money that they won. It's a, it's a, a saga. I had to go down there about four or five times uh, on these arbitration decisions. But they ended up getting $1,000 per violation. Each carrier got $1,000 right off the jump. If you had one carrier not on the list work 30 minutes of overtime off his assignment. Every carrier in the station got $1,000. And then they got the money that they should have gotten. It's as wild a thing as you've ever seen. But I'll get into that when I get into those decisions. But into that those episodes about uh, escalated monetary awards. But here's the decision by the, the judge. And, and this is what she says. So on page 7, she says this. So there are two questions that I need to address in this case. The first is whether the doctrine of sovereign immunity shields the USPS from liability for punitive damages, and the second is whether the arbitrator exceeded his authority by awarding a remedy that was not expressly defined in the CBA. The answer I see it to both questions is no. With regard to sovereign immunity, the government contends that because USPS is an independent establishment of the executive branch, it cannot be held liable for punitive damages due to sovereign immunity. Now remember, in Kingsport, that's what they argued. That was part of their argument. Sovereign immunity. It protects us. She's addressing it right here. The union, on the other hand, argues that Congress waived sovereign immunity as to USPS and the PRA, and therefore USPS is subject to punitive damages when appropriate. I find that the union has the more convincing argument here. God bless this woman. Absent a waiver of sovereign immunity, the federal government is normally immune from suit. However, Congress has waived sovereign immunity for certain federal entities by including a provision that the entity can sue and be sued. 
And it's an enabling legislation. And I'm citing to Loeffler versus Frank 486 U.S. 549-554. If that language is included, then it is presumed that sovereign immunity is waived unless it can be shown that the type of suit is either not consistent with a statutory or constitutional scheme, that a restriction of general authority is necessary to avoid grave interference with government functions, or, for other reasons, it was plainly Congress's purpose to use the clause in a narrow sense. In USPS's enabling legislation, Congress stated, in no uncertain terms, that USPS can sue and be sued in its official name. And I'm citing from 39 USC 4, subsection 411. In fact, in Loeffler, the Supreme Court held that the language in the PRA gave the USPS the status of a private commercial enterprise and that Congress waived any otherwise existing immunity from USPS from interest awards. This court understands the Supreme Court's holdings to mean that unless one of the limited set of exceptions applies, an agency or other federal entity with a sue and be sued clause cannot escape the liability that a private enterprise would face under similar circumstances. And I'm quoting from Kahn versus American National Red Cross. Thus, I have little difficulty concluding that Congress intended to waive sovereign immunity as to USPS by virtue of the PRA. None of the enumerated exceptions that are listed by the Supreme Court in Loeffler apply to this case. Wow. I'll read that again. That, that's so nice. <laughs> Thus, I have little difficulty concluding that Congress intended to waive sovereign immunity as to the USPS by virtue of the PRA. So she shot down every bit of management's argument with that one sentence. Sovereign immunity. The, the Postal Service is not protected by sovereign immunity. That's massive. I've been going so fast. I hope that you've gotten all this, but it, it needs to go out to anybody and everybody you know that's a steward, a formal step A, a B team member, an advocate. This is one of the biggest things that have come down in a long, long time. Okay? Get that arbitrator's decision. C34197. 34197. Informal step A, if you're dealing with escalated monetary awards, put that in there. Put this, scene, this M document, 01967, 01967. And you just have to make a basic argument. You don't have to go into any detail. Just make a basic argument that the courts have upheld, that the union can ask for an escalated monetary award. Put in here that you've put in an arbitrator's decision that, that coincides with this decision. That's... The 34197, that C number, this court's decision was based off of that arbitrator's decision. All right? They're hand in hand. King Sport was what triggered this court's decision. Hoping that's making sense. Formal A's, if you're listening and you have one that you're meeting on or fixing to meet on, you can put these in there. Put it in there. Make a general uh, argument on it. You don't have to get into anything great. You can just... You can argue that in the in my contentions is a case from Kingsport where the arbitrator granted uh, an escalated monetary award or an award for future compliance, and 
Management attempted to vacate that decision, and the judge ruled in the union's favor that punitive awards, I hate that word, but that's what they call it. An escalated monetary award or award or incentive for future compliance can stand, that they can ask for that, and an arbitrator can award that if the case file supports it. And we'll talk about that in another episode. Uh, advocates, you can put in step fours, M documents, you can put those in an arbitration without objection. They may object, but you can just tell the arbitrator, look, step fours, M documents, those can be put in at any time. They're just like sites. And put this site in there, 34197. Okay? Hey, this is a big win for us, man. A big win for us. So tell all your friends. If you're on Facebook, tell them that this uh, M01967 is out there. The C number, 34197. And educate them. Uh, I don't get on there and talk much on Facebook because it gets into a big thing. Tell people, if you see anybody asking about it, tell them that it's not going, it's not appealed anymore, that this is the final thing. Management has, has raised the white flag on it, okay? Um, that, that's this episode. Uh, I was going to do CCA discipline, and I'll do that uh, next. Um, I, I need to get Article 16 done. It's the most important article to me because, like I said when I first started, it, it's dealing with with an attempt at my removal. So I think it's the most important. I got a few more episodes on that. And then I'll get into some window of operation, dispatch of value, the joint statement. I have three or four episodes on that. Uh, mutual respect, the joint statement on violence, behavior in the workplace. We're going to get that down. Okay. I've done numerous cases and have built cases with some of the best in the country. Uh, Cliff Stoddard from Biloxi. Uh, Jason Ashley from the business agent's office. Cliff Stoddard, I'd put that man up against anybody in the country as far as the contract. He is an expert, unlike anything I've ever seen. He, he's out of Biloxi, Mississippi. If you know him, he is amazing. I've never seen anything like that guy. Uh, Jason Ashley, I call him the professor, uh, knows his business when it comes to the joint statement. And so I'll get into the joint statement because we had this incident in Memphis. We're going to address management and how we're going to deal with them through the grievance procedure. Okay. Uh, management has chosen to be bullies and, and we're going to, we're going to be so well versed in that when I'm done with that, y'all are all going to be experts. Okay. I'm not an expert, but I've, I've worked with them. <laughs> so anyway, I, I want to say a shout out to Sean Stout, who was the, Formerly representative for Kingsport, also the president up there. It's a big station. Uh, he's a young, a young star in the making, Sean Stout, out of Kingsport. Let me tell you, that guy's a, a stud. He is a, he has got his stuff together. Uh, he's a brand new advocate, but uh, I want to give a shout out to him because he made this case very easy for me. I just set him loose and and did a little opening and a little closing and and he did all the work and so shout out to him for that uh he's 100 percent why we won that case like i said made it very easy on me and this uh, court's decision is because of him it's because of the work that he did is is why we have this m document 1967 
Uh, it's because it's 100% because of Sean Stout and the work he did. So I'm going to give a shout out to him on my podcast. Dude, you're a star. And all of this is, is because of you. Hey, big win for us, man. Big win for us. Tell everybody you know. Put those two things in your file. Make general arguments towards them. You don't have to get in anything. That way, when you get into arbitration, you can uh, you can go to both of those things and testify to them, okay? Uh, that's it for this one. Hey, that's good stuff right there, man. Good stuff. Big win for our union. Big win for our union, all right? Y'all take care of yourselves. I'm going to come back with CCA discipline. We're going to wrap up Article 16 and get into some other things after that. God bless y'all. Y'all have a fantastic rest of the day, and I'll talk to you on the next episode, all right? Bye-bye.